podcast with your host scotty wrestling hello everybody how are we today man i've been talking for a while just conducted another interview so you know this is back to back of me talking so if i get tired near the end i am sorry okay i am already sorry but another nice week of wrestling we got a big NXT show that delivered in every sense of the way. We got blood and guts. And we got so much more. I mean, we have Raw and SmackDown. It wasn't actually that big of a week. NXT and AEW were really good, which is most weeks. And I have my match of the week as well. Next week, I will be touching on the New Japan matches that I have not checked out yet from Wrestling Dontaku, which should be fun. And that's that. But I will touch on the match race between me and Ryan of Countout Pod because I haven't got a chance to do that. So we have completed our April numbers. I am still in the lead, thankfully, but it's going to be a close race from beginning to end. He had a very big month of April, which I expected. You can check out my writing on CountoutPod.com where I discuss my top three matches from April, including... Walter versus Tommaso Champa at number three, Sukasa Fujimoto versus Sakushi Haruka at number two, and Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair from WrestleMania 37 at number one. So definitely go out of your way to check all of that out. But we are here. This is episode number 40. What a what a uh, weird idea. I never, you know, fully imagined that this would happen because you know keeping a podcast is really difficult and when I started this at the end of 2019 I fell off I didn't continue I just had too much going on so I couldn't continue but now it's fully back we have been running week after week after week I hope you continue to listen to me you know sing the songs of my beautiful voice I haven't got to sing for you guys yet. That'll come down the line. But we have a lot of big things down the chute. So definitely continue to listen. And I appreciate all of your support. Why don't we start off with SmackDown. Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental Championship. We're going to a fatal four-way, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I got out of this. 
WrestleMania Backlash is likely to be Apollo Crews versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn versus Big E somewhere for the Intercontinental Championship. This is kind of going to be a fantastic uh, match. They've been telling a pretty decent story here, I believe. Um, that's just my personal opinion. There's not a sense of doing something wrong or doing something right necessarily. But I've really enjoyed what they've been able to do. And I got the sense of this when Commander... Uh, I don't remember his name. Azar? I don't know. Dabakato, whatever his name is. He hit the Nigerian spike on Sami Zayn. He's hit it on Kevin Owens. He's hit it on Big E. So clearly we are going towards a fatal four-way where you could crown anyone as champion. I think this could be a lateral move to try and get the title onto a Kevin Owens who is definitely, I think he could have a good run with the title. I mean, everyone else in the match has had the title over the past year. So it's a sense of Kevin Owens maybe getting something to do um, with the many heel and babyface competitors on SmackDown. But I think this is a good path here. Um, the They were really hyping up the main event on Friday night, which made sense. It was Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Universal Championship in the main event. If Daniel Bryan loses, he is banished from SmackDown once and for all. You had former world champions. You had SmackDown stars all chiming in. You had Raw stars all chiming in on who they think would walk out as the winner of this match, which it made it a big fight feel, and I think that was really important. And this match delivered. I think, you know, had it been on TV, it would have not on TV. Had it been on pay-per-view, it could have been even better because you add in the non-commercial parts. But, man, this was such a good match. It was just another feather in the cap of Roman Reigns, your tribal chief, my tribal chief, having another fantastic showing. And he was able to put Daniel Bryan to sleep with the guillotine. Ending Daniel Bryan's very, very, very great run on SmackDown over the past few years. Ending it once and for all. And to put a little salt in that wound, he smashed the head of Daniel Bryan with a concerto. Putting him out of misery, essentially... We're going to Cesaro and Roman Reigns next. That is the clear direction. That's going to be freaking great. Because I think they've, again, been telling this wonderful story where Roman Reigns doesn't feel affected by the Swiss Superman even a little bit. He doesn't feel affected. He doesn't feel threatened. He has been very open about how he doesn't see him as a threat to his championship. He doesn't see him in his league. But that's where we're going to go. And I think... There is a serious chance down the line Cesaro could be winning this title. Now, is it likely? Probably not. I think, you know, you keep the Tribal Chief on top, but it's going to be a great match, and I think you can get more than just one match out of this, kind of like the Jey Uso feud. I think that's really what's important here. Um, So, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's gone from SmackDown. So, what's next for Daniel Bryan? There have been reports via Fightful Select that... Daniel Bryan's contract expired on Friday, and he's a free agent. An official free agent. He can go 
wherever he pleases, whether it be returning to WWE in some form. I think if he does return to WWE, NXT could be a legitimate spot for him, at least until crowds are back. Um, I think that's a real possibility. But then there's the idea that, you know, the return of the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, on the indie scene in AEW, in New Japan Pro Wrestling, because he has been talking about it a lot. He's been talking about how he wants to fight all these others that aren't in WWE. He wants to show and have a fantastic close to his career. He wants to fight the likes of a Ring of Honor's Jonathan Gresham. He wants to fight... Kazuchiko Kade wants to fight Kenny Omega. The list goes on and on and on. So anything can happen. That being said, I am confidently putting it out right here, right now, that Daniel Bryan is not going anywhere. He will re-sign with WWE, and I think he is going to either Raw or NXT, which is fine, but NXT is the far more appealing decision there. Especially because we don't like to talk about Raw. But guess what? We're about to talk about Monday Night Raw. And, you know, when we talk about Monday Night Raw, it takes a lot out of me most weeks. But this was actually a pretty pretty news-ish worthy week from the show. Um, AJ Styles and Almost are back, so that's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah? Yeah? I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, they beat the New Day. First successful defense. Signed and delivered. So that was pretty fun. Yeah? Um, let's talk about Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair returned, and Charlotte Flair is, you know, her new character per se or her new thought process is you know she's a flair she gets what she wants and that's what it is because that is playing to the internet the social media the wrestling fans who just don't like her is playing to the idea that she gets handed everything so what is she doing she's getting handed everything but this time on screen Sonya Deville has taken a heel approach here as someone that makes decisions. She is essentially the counterpart of Adam Pearce, which is great because I like Sonya Deville. I think she deserves a you know spot on these shows. But Charlotte Flair's current interpretation, current role has reached a level of heat for me that makes me shut off the television. She is turn-it-off heat for me right now. And no, it's not because she's a good heel that she's that. It's because everything she's doing is either bad, not interesting, or just not worth my time. It's just, that's where we are right now. Charlotte Flair was once considered by many the best overall of the four horsewomen but in recent years she hasn't moved if anything she's gotten worse and every style while the likes of a Sasha Banks has only gotten better while Becky Lynch rose to the top of the WWE like no one imagined while Bailey had a run 
for the ages as the SmackDown Women's Champion. You see what I'm saying here? Charlotte Flair, while given the opportunities, has been left in the dust by her force, by her four horsewomen members or group, even though they've never actually been a group on television. She's been left in the dust. And I think, you know, we've gotten to a point where everything she does is not that great. Uh, her promos, I don't think she's really cutting great promos either, which she can. She has done it. I just think everything she's doing is meh. It's just meh. And it's just not worth my time. She's reached, like I said, Baron Corbin levels of I'm going to shut the TV off. I don't I don't care. Or just fast forward through it because I have to watch Raw on DVR now because it's just been so bad. And speaking of Raw being bad, guess who's back? Guess. I mean, you probably either didn't see it or you don't care or you know exactly what I'm talking about. Either way, Eva fucking Murray. Yeah, Eva Marie. The person who... Let me let me first... I have to give her credit. She was very good at getting maybe the most heat of any women at during her time on SmackDown. She got more heat than maybe anyone. You gotta give her that credit. But she is not good at the wrestling part of this. I don't know if she somehow got better in her time away from the company when she left. But I I don't know. I, I don't know. She's gonna be on Raw, so SmackDown save, so that's nice. Um, really, that's all I care about. SmackDown saved and NXT saved. So really, they Raw can have her. Raw can do whatever they want with her. That being said, I have no... It's, we're calling it the evolution. Kind of remember the evolution? Yeah, bet you don't. Um, I don't know what we're doing here. Like, they were the, the video was like showing her legs and she was like sitting on a Ferrari or something and she was saying, do I have your attention now? It was just... I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. But let's talk about the somewhat only really good things from Monday night. Um, Angel Garza is getting a role again. He's coming back and he beat Drew Gulak in a match, then put a rose down his pants. So like the rose wasn't great. Could have, could have went on in life without that part. But but he got a win and he's on TV. So I will take that because I like Angel Garza. I think he's been criminally underused and he should be their top Hispanic star. I think he has everything it takes. He is charismatic. He can cut a promo. He's very good in the ring. Like there is no more you can ask from him that he doesn't have. He has it all that you want in a star like that. And the other good thing was Mansoor has signed to Monday Night Raw. Yes, Mansoor, the the undefeated man at all the Saudi shows, the man that beat Cesaro and won the Battle Royal thing and maybe something else. Mansoor is on Monday Night Raw. He stepped up to Sheamus. He didn't necessarily lose to Sheamus, but the match ended when Humberto Carrillo ran down and attacked Sheamus, so... I don't, I don't know what we're doing here, but happy for Mansoor. Mansoor had been mostly on 205 Live. I believe he was 
on an undefeated streak, if I'm not mistaken. Cool for Mansoor. I think Mansoor is a very good wrestler. I think that's something that uh, not a lot of people know about him. And I'm interested to see what he can do. I hope I hope this isn't a case of like, you know, we bring him in for a week or two and then we just lose him in the shuffle like we usually do. Like I think Mansoor can add something to this show. He's a very good wrestler. Um, from the times I've heard him speak, he's pretty fluent on the mic. So, well, you know, let him shine. Let him shine. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's it from Monday nights, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't have much more to say other than it wasn't great. Which, you know, at this point, kind of expected. Yeah, yeah. But now we're going to get into the great stuff, which is NXT, AEW, and my match of the week, which is always my favorite part of the entire podcast. So NXT, let's finally get into NXT. I want to start off because the show started off with Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Leon Ruff. If you've been listening to my podcast, you have been hearing me sing the praises of Isaiah Swerve Scott. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason I've been singing the praise, and it's and it's because he is a talented individual who was just waiting for the opportunity to show what he has got. And following this match, following what he's done in this feud, he has put it all together. And he feels like maybe the fastest rising star on the brand, which is exactly what I was hoping for. So the match with Leon Ruff was physical was great uh, I believe it was a false count anywhere match they went all around the CWC which was really fun uh, rough bumped his ass off uh, swerve you know gave it right back like they they were making each other look like stars which is really important in these types of matches and I think the best part was probably the finish really because it gave swerve another layer to his character and clearly he's uh growing he's becoming a main part of nxt and that's what i like to see so leon ruff jumps up to this uh stanchion in like the crowd area on the hard cam side he goes to jump off AJ Francis, member of Swerve's entourage, catches him, lays him out with a... He uh, bends his back on the barricade and allows Swerve to hit his finish. One, two, three. Swerve is the winner. Swerve wins the feud. Swerve has his entourage with him. Um, I don't know the woman's name, unfortunately. That's on me. That's on me. But I know he also had Ashante the Adonis with him. So... This is a group that could be really interesting to me because AJ Francis looks like an absolute Mack truck, and I think this is all to make Swerve a huge piece of the puzzle moving forward in NXT, which to me, again, is the right move here. Anyways, moving on in the show, Cameron Grimes had a match. He won. Uh... Cameron Grimes is really good at the wrestling aspect. I feel like a lot of people forget that. And then he tried to go into a club later in the night 
and he was denied because Ted DiBiase had bought the club. So that feud's still going on there, and I think it's hysterical. I don't think there's any true payoff from it, but it's it's entertaining, and I think that's what matters, especially for us as a viewer. Tommaso Ciampa faced a uh, team with Timothy Thatcher to take on the grizzled young veterans, and they were a little heelish in the end. They used a shoe to smash Gibson in the face, allowing Thatcher to lock on the uh, the arm breaker and the Fujiwara arm breaker, and Zach Gibson tapped out. It was a big win for Champ and Thatcher, who I would think probably on their way to being the next contenders after Legato del Fantasma to MSK's tag team titles. Um, as I said, Swerve's Entourage, they had a promo after in the back kind of showing it's it's Swerve's time now. And again, perfectly done. So the Cross promo, now this, Karrion Cross walked out there. He said, I laid down a challenge. You step up to me. And no one did. They said they'd fight me, but no one was willing to come up to me and truly challenge me. This led to Kyle O'Reilly making his way down to the ring, making it very clear that was the match he wanted. Then Pete Dunne added himself into the mix as well, which I thought was a good addition. I think we're going to end up going the Kyle-Pete Dunne road. And then Finn Balor joined the fray as well. So I'm guessing either we get a fatal four-way or we have Kyle and Dunne face off maybe at the next takeover or on one of these NXTs while Finn gets his rematch for the NXT championship. I think those are the two roads we're probably going down. Either way, to me, I think they are both great decisions, um, truthfully. And I just, I love this promo by Cross. It was the most interested I felt in him in quite some time. I thought it was a killer promo and having this lineup of challengers was really good. Now he's probably going to beat Finn again. Um, if they give him the Pete match before that's possible because I know they teased last week that Kyle and Adam Cole were not done yet. But in the end, my whole idea is that Kyle Riley will be the one to take off the NXT Championship from carrying Cross when that time comes. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory didn't talk about this. They pissed off Scarlett in the William Regal's office earlier in the night because Johnny Gargano was upset about his match with Bronson Reed. And Scarlett was talking to William Regal. Scarlett was angered. And then there was a little... Uh, joke segment where Austin Theory started to saying those are so big are they real when looking at Scarlet and the, you get the joke but he was talking about her nails like the uh, you know how like she has the long like spiky fingertips yeah and I think he ended up touching her f- hand and that led to what was made official carrying across her Austin Theory next week I think I, I really like what they're doing with Cross like if Anyone pisses off Scarlet, he's going to destroy them. I think that is kind of a cool layer to his character, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about that more than they probably should. I think that's interesting, and we're going to get to a point where that 
could ultimately be the backbreaker for Cross down the line. Uh, but after the promo again, Gargano and Theory left Cross laying. So that's again interesting. We're probably we could get a Cross versus Gargano match down the line, which is not something I expected, but I welcome it. Let's just not do the double champion stuff because that's just unacceptable to me. Saray versus Zeta Ramir. Uh, Zeta Ramir had the big win over Tony Storm last week. Saray had the big win over Zoe Stark weeks before. It's funny because those two are actually feuding Tony Storm and uh, Zoe Stark. But this match was pretty good. Uh, let it let Saray shine more than anything. Zeta got very little offense in. Saray had the ability to continuously hit. Zeta with like these just absolute rocket drop kicks. The best thing about Saray so far is she remains who she was in Japan, and I think that's what they have to let her continue to be because it makes for better version of her. You don't want to water down Saray or it just won't work. And I think we gotta keep going this way because she's very quickly becoming a top star in this brand. Legado del Fantasma had a promo, and it was made official that next week on NXT, it will be Kushida versus Santos Escobar in our rematch for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. So that should be very good. Um, before the match next week between Raquel Gonzalez and Mercedes Martinez, we had an interview here. And my big takeaway, which I, I brought up last week and I'll bring it up again here, is I don't know who the heel is. Because the things that Raquel is saying to Mercedes are very heelish. But Mercedes is clearly a heel, still. So it's a matter of who am I supposed to cheer for here? You would think Raquel would be the babyface because they've been kind of hinting at that in recent weeks. But I'm not sure. And I'm just waiting to see where this does go. But I'm, I'm intrigued. At the very least, I am intrigued. The main event of NXT saw Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon defend their NXT Women's Champ- Tag Team Championships against the team of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. This was the third and final time these two teams would face off, or so we thought. The champions had come out successful both times, but this time it was a street fight. And Indy Hartwell pissed as ever that, you know, Dexter Loomis changed their, changed his feelings towards them, or so he thought. Clearly it's from Candace. But she's been driven, and she performed in this match. She had a great showing. Um, everyone in this match had a great showing. I think it was a good tag match to let everyone get something in that was just stunning. And in the end, in the end of this great Great TV main event. We got new tag team champions as Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell walked out with the titles. It was a big moment. It was a big emotional moment. All week since then, they've been celebrating. Candice was very, very happy. She's receiving the most love because she's been in NXT for four years now, I think. And she's, you know, she's worked so hard to get to a point where she would get gold. And I think this was a really cool moment. And she was really grateful for Indy. Johnny was too. It was a, 
it felt like they were the baby faces, you know, in the post game because it was such a long deserved moment for Candice LeRae. And I think Indy Hartwell is really morphing into this great future star working with Gargano and Candice because, you know, she already looks like a star. It's just a matter of putting it all together in the ring. And she's doing that as well. Uh, there was some insane moments in here as well. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart jumped off the um, thing that held up, like, held up the, I don't know, the roof, I guess. I don't know what it's really there for. Uh, she jumped off that onto Indy. Indy hit a springboard elbow drop out to Ember Moon on the outside, who was on a table, which was pretty awesome. And Candice won with the twisted stepsister finish. That was NXT for this week. Just a fantastic show from beginning to end. And, you know, like I said before, I'm very happy that they are keeping this role going. This is NXT. This is NXT. This is what made NXT great. And people wondered, could they ever figure that out with the two hours? I thought they could. It was going to take some time. And now they are working in every single part of their Roster. Their roster is so big that you can use the two hours very well. You just have to figure it out. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. Another great show this week. And I thought from beginning to end, it was actually better than AEW Dynamite's Blood and Guts. But speaking of Blood and Guts, let's get into it. AEW Blood and Guts. I, I Am I supposed to say it like Vince? Like, I feel like I have to. Um, but this week was Blood and Guts. A year in the making, essentially. Well, the matches, because, you know, it got canceled. But here it was. And the crowd was hot for it. The crowd was hot for it. Uh, the first hour was a lot. There was a lot that went on. So we got Kenny Omega and MT Nakazawa versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Match was fine. By the end, Kenny gave up. Didn't care. He left. Moxley and Kingston won. That was fine. Um, then, however, the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks attacked after the match, setting up either a Good Brothers, Moxley, and Kingston match at double or nothing, or what I more expect, the Young Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston for the tag team titles. Cody versus QT Marshall happened. Cody, of course, beat QT Marshall. Then Anthony Gogo walked down to the ring, punched Cody right in the stomach, and walked away. So I'm thinking we're going, we're doing Cody versus Anthony Gogo at double or nothing, and that's a big match. That's a huge match. Gogo has one match under his belt, and I think there's a good chance that Gogo beats Cody. I think that's the way to go, unless they do, um, you know, a factory, a factory nightmare match, uh, Nightmare Family match, which I think is also a possibility. Uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page had a promo here. Scorpio Sky's promo was really bad. He talked about um, mosquitoes or something. Um, Ethan Page was really good because he he brought in the history between him and Darby Allen, which was good. Darby Allen then attacked. He uh, ran in and attacked both of them, but of course he ended up losing that when he got thrown down the stairs because it was at the top of the Daly's place. So that was definitely an angle and a half. He got, but yeah, he ended up getting tossed down the stairs. 
interesting move. Um, and really, the big thing about this, which is, you know, Miro had a promo later in the show. He got the contract. He's going to fight for the TNT Championship next week. And I have no doubt in my mind, Miro is going to walk out as the new TNT Champion. They're going. They're finally doing with Miro what I think we all hoped. He's going to be this killer, this dominator of sorts that he sh- he should have been from the beginning, but. You know, easing into it, I guess, was fine. He's going to become the TNT champion. I hope he has new entrance music. I hope he's just this absolute destroyer, and I think that is the way to go with him. And that way you can build up a babyface eventually to beat him. Uh, Technique by Taz. He made fun of Christian's wrestling, which was pretty funny. That's about all I got. Uh, Britt Baker defeated Julia Hart, and it was made official. That at double or nothing, it will be Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker. The biggest women's match this company has right now. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Britt Baker is their biggest star. Hikaru Shida has been a marvelous champion. It's going to be great. The Eliminator Fatal 4-Way match to decide the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team titles next week. Uh, was down to the Varsity Blondes, Jurassic Express, the Acclaimed, and SCU. As expected, SCU won the match because, you know, their whole story is if they lose, they're no longer a team, which has always been interesting to me, which kind of feels like, you know, Christopher Daniels probably retires. But, yeah, they're going to have the match next week. I thought this was going to set up for double or nothing, but that is not the case. Um, SCU, of course, won this match. wasn't that good. The first hour was kind of uh, forgettable in my eyes because you were just kind of sitting there waiting for blood and guts, and I nothing really mattered before that. That was, just, of course, that you know could just be me, but that's where I'm at. Uh, Kenny Omega had a promo because they were going to announce who he would be facing at AEW. Double or nothing for the AEW World Championship. Kenny had actually a pretty fun joke. He was like talking to the crowd. He's like, who's excited for blood and guts? And then um, they all screamed. He said, well, that makes one of us. Like, <laughs> that's not that's not Kenny's type of match. And I, I respect that. I know he's trying to be a heel, but I respect that. That was funny. Uh, so it was, it was announced that the match will be Orange Cassidy versus Pac. The winner will go on to double or nothing to face off with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega very much disrespected Orange Cassidy. Meaning that is absolutely going to be the match. That is the match. I'm kind of stunned. I never thought they were going to go Kenny Omega versus Orange Cassidy. But that is the way. Um, I would, of course, love if it was Pac. Because I think Pac is just one of the absolute best um, I know he hasn't been around lately, so that's why he hasn't really been on TV. But, man, I would really love if they just let him be who he is. I, I The way he loses to Orange Cassidy has to be a fluke or something, like a roll-up or something, because you cannot have Orange Cassidy be packed clean. I'm sorry, you just can't. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to probably have Kenny versus Cassidy. So, yay, I guess. 
And now, Blood and Guts. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Don't. Give me credit. Give me credit. So the main event uh, took up about the last 40 minutes of the show. Uh, Pinnacle made their way out first, and the Inner Circle, the Inner Circle were dressed in uh, like prison jumpsuits, which had all of their hometowns on the back or something. I don't know. They said it like five different times. Uh, so Sammy Guevara and Dax Harwood started the match. Then followed Sean Spears, then followed Ortiz, then followed Dash Wheeler, then followed Santana, then Wardlow, then Hager, then MJF, then Jericho. Lots of blood in this one, which, you know, made sense. It was called Blood and Guts. You had to uh, sell that part. And, man, these guys brutalized each other. There was a point where I think it was Ortiz who smashed against the cage and like there was enough room for him to fall between the cage and the ring which just looked so painful um of course you know all the blood was painful there was a headshot i think uh, i think spears hit sammy guevara in the head with a chair shot which i hate but that happened um it all it all came down to who you think wardlow looked like a stud Sammy Guevara was an absolute beast for most of the match, you know, since he started. But it came down to Jericho and MJF, and they actually escaped the cage. MJF tried to climb to the top of the cage to get it away from Jericho in the match. Jericho followed. Uh, They fought. Jericho put on the walls up top. He eventually got out of it. Then MJF locked in the salt of the earth. Then he smashed him with the diamond ring that he still has. And then he threatened to throw Jericho off the top. And that's when the inner circle surrendered. Sammy Guevara gave up on their behalf so, to try to save Jericho. Um, it they Pinnacle won. MJF stopped. And then after about a minute or two, he decided to throw off Jericho. And the only thing I'd change about the finish is I'd have him just literally push Jericho off literally as soon as Guevara said I give up. That's my only nitpicking. Otherwise, this was a star-making performance for nearly everyone. It made the Pinnacle look badass. Uh, they had special gear for it, all white gear, which was sweet. MJF looked like a star on top, which absolutely was the goal of this entire feud. And Jericho's going to get some time off. So that's cool. And we're probably going to get to do MJF versus Sammy Guevara at Double or Nothing, which should be fun as well. But that's AEW. Blood, or, blood and Guts, not Blood or Guts. It's, it's both, actually. Fun show. Fun show overall. And the last thing we have on the agenda today is my... Match of the week. I watched a lot of matches this week. When I say a lot, I mean a lot. I think, you know, personally, the best match that I saw all week was Julia and Siri defending their goddesses of stardom championships against Momo Oz, Momo Watanabe, and Azumi. 
without a doubt, the best match I saw all week. The best tag match I've seen all year. One of the best matches I've seen all year. Now, people can critique, do whatever they want, but this match gave me everything I look forward in a regular match, let alone a tag team match. It gave me intensity, it gave me drama, it gave me storytelling, it gave me just this overall entertaining match. Listen, I knew the result going into this. You know, the Star Immortal takes a little time to get these up. But there were multiple occasions watching this. I thought we had new champions. That's how good this was. Anytime that I can watch a match and be on the edge of my seat, especially when I know the result, man, that's that's just great professional wrestling. You know, Momo and Azumi, of course they lost, but they're just so good as a team. And Julia and Siri are having a fantastic run so far as champions. I mean, the the match they won the titles in was great, and this match was great. And next, next is the MK sisters, Mayu Iwatani and Starlight Kid. Like, are you kidding me? This is a hell of a tag team run already. And no doubt in my mind that match is going to deliver. I have all the confidence in the world in that. But this tag team match right here, it gave you the story. It gave you the drama. It gave you everything you want in wrestling. Or at least that I want in wrestling. And I think that's what was most important to me. Um, I didn't watch any of the New Japan matches. I didn't watch uh, the Champion Carnival finale yet. So expect one of those probably to be in the running come next week when I do Match of the Week. I will talk about all that next week. But until then, please follow me on Twitter at Scott E. Wrestling. You can check out all my articles on Last War on Sports, Inside the Ropes, as well as Voices of Wrestling. I just had a new stardom article go up there. I'm everywhere. Please thank you for supporting me. Keep following. Uh, I love talking wrestling. I would love to... You know, start expanding this even more. I'm going to start going live on Twitter soon. We are doing many things now that my time has freed up to an incredible rate. And I want to make this work. So let's keep working, everybody. Thank you. I hope you all have a great rest of your weeks. And until next time, have a good one, guys. また美学でしょう